This is a 980 CKNW podcast. One listener turned patient said to me this week, you were pegged for radio. Peg, peg, that voice, that voice. It is so, it is so... It almost puts me to sleep. It's so soothing. That's not really my objective here on the Sunday Night Sex Show, the show where we educate everyone about sexual health and really try to wake up your sex life. Uh, but we educate you on sexual health and how it relates to overall health, making your relationships the best they can be. Good evening. I am Maureen McGrath, a registered nurse in the field of sexual health, author of the book Sex and Health, Why One Can't Come Without the Other, researcher, blogger at Fifty Shades of Pink and for the Huffington Post, clinician in North Vancouver, TED speaker, and your resource to help start that conversation. Answer your questions and help you discover new and exciting things about sex, love, relationships, your body. I make no innuendo. No judgments and certainly no apologies, just fearless, straight up sex talk. Somebody said I was the Nancy Grace of sex. <laughs> anyway, uh, I seduce you with the sex, but of course, we cover a lot of subjects on this show. We talk about love, your body, relationships, online dating, and more. Let's hope for you it will be illuminating, educational, get you thinking outside of the box, and have a little fun too while you're at it. So, thanks for being here. Here with me tonight, there is an aspect of sexual health that is just dreadful. And of course, it's any type of sexual abuse, unwanted sexual advances, pedophilia and rape. And we were, of course, reminded of just how dangerous this world is for girls and women. In the news this week, uh, we heard the gory details of the beautiful Serena Vermisha's death, how she had to carry an exacto knife with her to protect herself we also heard about the man accused of killing this beautiful daughter in Surrey teen, Serena Vermersh. Uh, this hateful man was, uh, had been considered a high risk to reoffend, And uh, the documents revealed in court demonstrated that the police had issued, of course, we knew about that public warning. I remember hearing about that and thinking, are they kidding? This is a high risk offender. And when he was released from prison after serving his entire 22-year sentence for the repeated sex assaults at Knife Point and a robbery of a young woman at Abbotsford, this animal was repeatedly denied release from prison by the parole board because of fears he would kill someone or cause serious harm to another victim. And it's my understanding he didn't want to be let out because he'd been incarcerated since the age of 15. Really? This has to change. I mean, this, this was just horrific. I mean, I, I'm, I'm lucky I got through that because it just kills me that, uh, you know, uh, that poor girl and her family and friends. And, um, you know, it's it's terrible. Matt, how are you after that totally Debbie Downer opening of mine? But anyway, you know, it's um, it's really upsetting. I, I actually before I started working with you, I used to rehabilitate um, someone who was a sexual offender. Mm-hmm. And it was always. It was always very difficult um, for me. Um, he had a mental disability. He was mm-hmm. in and out of jail for years. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, he said that he, for a long part of time, felt safer in jail. Um, now, what Yeah, he I think a lot do, and a lot refuse to be rehabilitated. That's my understanding of this person whose name I am not giving any credence to whatsoever, because yeah. um, I don't. his name should never be mentioned again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, you know, it, it's it's difficult and, and it's challenging and we certainly need to do something else to prevent something as horrific like as this happening again. Yeah. And I, I was happening again while I was um, helping rehabilitate. I mean, I always told myself um, what the reason I worked with this gentleman. Um, 
I didn't view his. Oh wow, this is stiff. I I I thought that the, he could really be helped. Um, what he went to jail for um, mm-hmm. was definitely a horrific sexual act, but he um, he showed really amazing signs that he could do better. He didn't physically touch anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's doing really well and I still speak with him and well, I, that's great. Yeah. That's it, so it, it is, it is a good news, a bit yeah. of a good news story, but it's, it's, it's really difficult because we're, it, you, you really feel like you're kind of hand tied with the Canadian justice system when it comes to abusive cases. And I mean, there's another Abbotsford man that's trying to get out every year mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I can't remember his name. We won't mention it, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's really frustrating. It is horrific. And um, our thoughts and prayers, of course, go to Serena's family and friends. Um, and may she rest in peace. Uh, please put the kitties to bed. Grab your wine, your lover, and uh, and let's go. Um, I do want to thank all of you for the prayers, pills, and potions you've all offered me for my bubonic plague that I've had, which has really lasted for most of the half of the summer, anyway. Yeah, it seems like you've been sick for the last five months. What, since August 12th at 6.57 p.m.? <laughs> but who's counting? Um, I am almost there. I've taken everything. <laughs> I want you to know from BioK to antibiotics, decongestants, mucus and phlegm, um, Flonase, Sudafed, Brio, uh, Myrrh, I, antihistamines. I heard that cold FX might work again these days. You know, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just refusing to take cold FX. I've had a ton of chicken soup. I've taken feed a cold to a whole new level, but that's okay because, of course, now I have to research how to take off pounds as quickly as possible once I start to feel better. I've eaten enough pho to sink a ship. Uh, chicken noodle soup. I know. I'm just craving hot food. It has to be yeah. super hot. One of the hottest foods out there is French, McDonald's French fries. I've had my share. Um, but there are some benefits to being sick. I've reconnected with my Apple TV. We, one can say I am romancing my Apple TV. I've watched all of Big Little Lies, which is like spot on, okay, in, in terms of where from where I'm from. <laughs> anyway, have you seen Big Little Lies? No, I've heard lots about it, though. Okay, it was, it was brilliant, but, you know, brilliantly hilarious, I thought, of course. Um, Master of None, which, of course, I can relate to. I've watched nearly all of that. And um, most of This Is Us, which is, which is interesting as well. I have never watched so much television in my entire life than this beautiful summer that we've had in between trying to work and working as much as I can, and then I collapse. And uh, so I've had bronchitis and a cold and uh, sinusitis and the flu. So I've just had one after another, apparently. And uh, so I looked up, you know, I felt like I had this cold that wasn't going away. So I thought, you know what, I've never actually looked up cold, like I've I've looked up other conditions, medical conditions. (laughs) So I thought I would. And um, one of the reasons you get a cold is because you're under psychological stress. Of course I am. And who can I offload to? Nobody. Because the sex bird has problems. <laughs> that would be, I mean, they no therapist would keep that confidential. <laughs> no, probably right? not. Right? No, they'd sell no. out. They'd sell me out in a second. Uh, so anyway, I'm getting better. I'm trying anyway. I am literally trying, and, ev- and I'm, I'm an optimist, so every day I think, tomorrow, I'm going to be amazing. I'm going to be back to myself. But anyway. 
Well, remember, you know, there's nothing sexier than a nice phlegmy voice. Uh, I mean. I'm so sick of this voice. And I, <laughs> and I keep saying, this is not my voice, is it? This is not my voice. <laughs> and it is actually not my voice. But it's getting closer to my voice. Some There are some other benefits to being sick. And one of them was, I have this dog who we thought was a beagle. And uh, because she was sold to us as a beagle. <laughs> And so that's a good reason. She looked just like a beagle. But typically, this beagle, you know, isn't the type of dog you can just walk. You actually have to, um, I have to ride a mountain bike and the dog runs up and down the sides of the mountain or I have to, I take her swimming, you know, offshore, you know, a couple of miles offshore or I run and the dog runs with me. But I've been having to walk the dog and so that has slowed all of us down. And I was walking the recently, and the woman, a woman said to me, is that a Harrier? And I said, I, you know, I don't know. We're inclined to think she's a Beagle. Well, um, it turns out I researched Harrier because I'm spending a lot of time in bed. And what else do you do in bed but research? <laughs> and uh, so uh, she is a Harrier. She's not a Beagle. So that was very cool to learn because I kind of feel like, you know how you meet these people and you're like, oh, what kind of a dog is that? Like, this is a Whippet. And you're like, oh, I have a Mutt, you know. And, you know, or, or like a Blue Healer, you know, Australian this and that. You know, no labs or anything. And so now I feel like sort of part of that club, like, oh, I have a Harrier. It's a really rare dog. So I feel like I'm in like the club of rare dog owners, whatever <laughs> that means. <laughs> um, nonetheless, <laughs> but she's great and she's, it, it was, she, they described her to a T and I actually wanted to change her name to Harriet, Yeah. but uh, nobody agreed with me on that one. Her name is Sophie, but she's lovable and loves to run. Of course, that is what they said. She acts like a child, even though she's an adult. And I can certainly relate to that, <laughs> that uh, youthful attitude. But um, she also has high energy and has to run and, you know, needs tons of exercise. And so that that's true. But at the end of the day, she's exhausted and will sleep at the end of your feet and loyal to the nth degree and will take a, a tummy rub from anybody. So anyway, just a little bit of um, interesting. Perhaps you don't find it as interesting as I do. But you know what? I'm, I'm losing it. I've been sick for <laughs> all of this time. So I'm finding some really strange things. That are interesting. This I loved. Last week I actually said to the listeners, you know, because in my clinical practice, all I see are people that are not having sex in their relationships or marriages. So, and then I'm, I'm seeing a trend, which I'm going to talk to you about tonight as well, which I often see trends in my clinical practice. But I put this call out and I didn't even really remember. And lo and behold, Mark, quote unquote, I, use, I change names to protect the innocent. Um, but he said, Dear Maureen, you asked if anyone was still having any sex in marriages. Lots of sex in this marriage still set to celebrate our 26th wedding anniversary this Thursday, September All right. 21st. We are both 48 years old, still can't get enough of each other. Regular date nights, theme nights, dedicated weekends away in our own city each year for a little fun. Most of all, laugh and communicate and never be afraid to say what you want. You might be surprised. Your partner may want so the same So when thing. are we having them on the show? Happy anniversary, Mark and whomever. So awesome. happy little belated anniversary. That's awesome. Cool, huh? I like that. Yeah, so that's good. So tonight on the program, we're going to be talking about, since it's September, and this is like back to school month, and it's a great day, great month for mothers, great best day of the year. Um, when they go back to school. And so we're going to be talking about age-appropriate sex education for kids. You know, what the books say and then what I say, <laughs> which is quite different. Um, but make sure you put the kids to bed. You decide because they're your children. 
I'll take your mind, you take your yours. Um, and then this one, which I was quite excited to talk about, because you know how I'm always promoting sex, because sex is good for everything. Well, not really. Anyway, it didn't help my cold or flu or bronchitis oh. or anything. <laughs> so I'm not sure I can get behind this one anymore. But um, just because you have an illness don't or a chronic illness, I'm hopefully, hoping mine isn't chronic. I haven't had it for six months yet. Uh, don't accept a diminished sex life as a side effect of um, a chronic illness. So anyway, you can, we can uh, take it or leave that one. I'm not really sure about that. But anyway, do as I say, not as I do. Uh, I've also told you about one of my friends, you know, how they're kind of quirky, kind of strange. They really don't pay much attention unless they need something from me. <laughs> they don't really listen to the show, even if I beg them, but they don't. Um, but I have a new friend, and you can have the same friend as me. So I'm talking about anxiety, okay? Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit. Well, yesterday I lost a check that w- that I had to pay somebody else, and I realized, oh, I put it in a safe place, and of course, I, whenever I do that, I lose it. So I was out for lunch, and then I realized, just out for soup, basically, and I realized, oh my gosh, I've lost that check, and I've got to pay that guy. And it actually prompted me to go home, race home, try to look for the check, but, you know, it was a painter, and he said, um, oh, you know what, I'm not done. You can pay me on Tuesday. I have two hours left. And I thought, oh, Okay, I don't need to look for the check then. And I realized, you know, it was that anxiety that prompted me to solve that problem. But then when when I didn't really have the anxiety anymore because he didn't really want the check, I think he was afraid he was going to go drinking before and not return and finish. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) That's not happened to me before. Um, Anyway, there was no longer a need for me to um, search for that check. But anyway, anxiety can lead us to do some things. Also, as I mentioned, I see some clinical trends in my practice lately, and one in particular. And so I'm going to talk to you about uh, what that trend is. So stay tuned, stay with me. And also, should you go to couples therapy? This has something to do with the trends that I'm seeing in my clinical practice. Also, what can antibiotics do for reducing sexually transmitted infection rates? And I have promised you women and porn late uh, the last couple of weeks, and I've never gotten to it, where we're going to get to what is under the sheets as it relates to porn for women and how can it help women under the sheets and has it helped women? And also you want to be uh, astute and have a good vocabulary around the sex stuff. Well, I'm going to help you with that tonight as well. Don't forget having an event called hot flush in the city over in North Vancouver on October 19th. And uh, tickets are going to be available on very, very soon. I'll tell you about that, but um, look forward to having you there. It's, a, it's an evening of menopausal proportions. And we're going to be talking about lots of uh, vaginal health, sexual health, online dating. You know, if you're at that midlife and divorced, and we're going to give you some tips that night as well. So lots to say. Anyway, um, if you want to give us a call, 604-280-9898. The phone lines are open. And um, when I come back, we're going to get right down to the sex stuff. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on Newstalk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I uh, kind of went overboard on the talking there, which is so unusual for me. But So we only have two minutes left, but you guys know what that's like. Uh, <laughs> Two-minute drill. <laughs> Two-minute segment here, but we're just going to get it all in real quickie here we're having. I'm just going to respond to – I'm going to read your emails. I'm not going to respond. I'm going to read them. Well, I will respond. Uh, so the first question is from Michelle. My question, 
Can you tell me a bit about vaginal dryness in young women who are not nearing menopause? Would this have a possible connection to disordered eating or dehydration from medications? Many thanks in advance, Michelle. Well, Michelle, I am not so sure about the disordered eating, but um, dehydration from medications, yes, indeed. In addition to oral contraceptive medications, antihistamines can cause vaginal dryness. So, uh, and lots of medications have side effects. There are things that you can do. You can change the medication. Uh, that you're on, uh, try that, or you can use a personal moisturizer, or you can use the Mona Lisa Touch, which is a new novel hormone-free laser therapy that we're using in our office over in North Vancouver at the North Vancouver Women's Clinic. So um, those are lots. There's lots of options for vaginal dryness, and also, uh, oh yeah, I have enough time to talk. Uh, Mention Johnny's email, Johnny. Well, you know what? I'm just going to give you a little um, little foreplay here. (laughs) Uh, For those people who don't remember Johnny, who has been emailing me for two or three weeks and talking to me about his relationship where there's there's no sex happening. No. No. And he has made, you know, offered some solutions to his lovely wife and she's not taken him up on those. And um, she also said, you know, I don't want to have sex with you, but I don't want you to have sex with anyone else, basically. And, you know, he didn't think that was fair. And, And quite frankly, I questioned, uh, you know, is that is it fair to impose fidelity in that situation? But I'm going to read you his email and how he found my wisdom helpful when I return after the news. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you this evening. I am uh, out of bed, finally. I've spent the last... <laughs> Several weeks, mostly in bed, and so should you. Uh, No, I'm kidding. Uh, Not the way I have spent it. Um, In and out of bed. But anyway, uh, I wanted to read an email that uh, just follow up and get closure on Johnny's situation and Johnny's email. So Johnny's been emailing me for a couple of weeks. He's, He's struggling because he wants to have sex in his marriage and his wife doesn't want to for whatever reason. I do believe this is a long-term relationship. I think they've been together more than six months. That sounds familiar. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I, can't, I think it's a bit of a long-term relationship. But nonetheless, um, Johnny responds, Johnny wants to have sex, his wife doesn't, and she just said, I don't want to have sex, and I don't want you to have sex with anyone else either, which is really common. I see that a lot in my clinical practice. And in fact, a lot of women say, if he ever cheated on me, I would kill him. And uh, so your lives are in danger out there too, guys, as well, because, um, you know, hell hath no fury like a woman's scorn. And I was talking to, and I'll get to that email in one second, but I was talking to this woman, and her husband had cheated twice, And I said, how did you find out? And the typical way that uh, men are caught cheating is that they don't have a password on their phone. They don't, or they have this IM, this instant messaging that goes to all of the phone, all of the computer devices in the house. (laughs) And then their wife gets the message from the mistress, whatever. Uh, So that's another way also. Um, But she said the two women, you know, and they were like five years apart. Both of them emailed her, emailed her details and photographs, and what he had said, and you know that he had said one he, in one um, to one of the women, he said he was separated, and uh, the other um, woman, he said he was going to leave his wife, which we know never happens, and he was going to marry this other woman. And so I thought, how hurtful is that? You know, like really, girlfriends out there, 
you know, there are better ways. Once you find out that the guy that you've been sleeping with or whatever is married, and you probably knew that anyway, you know, must you really, you know, put the knife into the heart of the woman? And in this particular case, it's such a sad story that, um, and, and she, she almost didn't blame him. So, you know, think about that. You know, the guys never leave their wives. I mean, there's one instance, but typically they don't. So often it's about the sex or sometimes it's about, you know, someone else gets them, right? Well, they get them because they don't have to decide on the mortgage and how, what schools the kids are going to go to and all the, the issues that uh, come along with a marriage, mortgage, in-laws, and kids. But anyway, back to Johnny. So Johnny is not having sex in his marriage and he's was, had danced with the idea of perhaps going outside of it and ran that up the flagpole, <laughs> which wasn't received very well. Anyways, flagpole was shot right down. Uh, so he said, Dear Maureen, uh, thank you so much for responding on air to my third email to you. What you said gave me a lot to think about. You said we need to talk about sex to have sex. And I so agree with that. But if I raise the subject with my partner, no matter how carefully I choose my words, she will either listen in silence and make no response or become slightly hostile. Because although your quote does speak the truth, she knows the opposite of it is also true. We need not to talk about sex to not have sex. Three other things you said last Sunday night resonated with me. Number one, it is not fair to impose fidelity on a person who is deprived of sex from their spouse. Number two, I apparently I said, I cannot overstate the importance of sex in a marriage. I just want a little disclaimer there for those married people who want to have sex in their marriage. There's a lot of married people who don't want to have sex and they're fine and they're happily married. So I just want to make sure about that. And number three, I said an affair does not necessarily mean the end of a relationship, but I will say it does make it really hard to carry on and solve some problems. Uh, so then he said, I guess you could accuse me of cherry picking here, but I think the above statement summarized my last three emails to you and they do provide a solution for me. One that I don't like and that is not perfect, but given the reality of the female psyche, it is probably the only practical one open to me. And that would be talk about sex. I'm sure that's what he's talking about. Thank you so much for the free counseling you've given me over the last three weeks. And this is my favorite part of the email. P.S. Do you encourage your listeners to suggest topics for your show? Of course we do, don't we, Matt? Well, I'm pretty sure we've been talking about this for the last three weeks. So, <laughs> I mean, this has been fantastic. It's great to hear the back and forth. Absolutely, and yeah. And so if you have a subject out there that you want me to talk about, by all means, email me. You can email me. You can go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca. You can email me in confidence, of course, at sextalk at cknw.com. And, and I've said this many times before. The list, the, the emails that we get are, they're, they're cream. They're, they're, they're gold. Golden. They're mint. They like, are. It, it's, that is. They are invaluable. Listener interaction is what we are after here, right? Like, exactly. And it's difficult. So but also feel free to call in. You know, I am like, I am not ever going to hurt any. I, I'm a peace loving soul, you know, like <laughs> I love people. I love your stories. And so by all means, you can call in. A lot of people don't get their courage up until like three minutes to nine o'clock. Well, that's probably when they finish their bottle of wine that you suggested they open at the beginning of the show. It that's could why. be. It could be. And then they've got their courage. Their guard is down. They've got their courage up and maybe something else. Anyway, um, so thank you, Johnny. Really appreciate uh, your email and good luck to you with whatever happens. But you know what? It's important 
And I'm going to be talking about why it's important to get couples therapy. Because, of course, we've only heard from Johnny. We haven't heard from his wife. And you never know what is going on. And I alluded to a Skype consult that I did, which have been increasingly difficult these last six weeks because I've been sick. And sometimes I do have phone co- calls with patients. And, and But then I was confusing them and like, oh, my gosh, this is a Skype consult. I'm going to have to get out of my flannel pajamas on August 26th um, and sweater and uh, actually take a shower. Uh, so you have to go be on. Um, but anyway, I digress. So uh, you, why couples therapy is important. And, and one reason is, and this is the trend that I'm seeing in my clinical practice, and I'm going to get to this very shortly before you fall asleep. Uh, trying to keep you all awake tonight here. <laughs> I can't help my voice. But um, it's because one person can come in, and, and that's the trend. One part of the couple are coming in lately. The guys are coming in on their own. Can you believe that? And they're like, is it okay if I come by myself? My wife doesn't want to come for therapy. And I cannot tell you how many guys have been coming in lately with that variation, I'm like, you know, it's fine. It's better if, you know, and oftentimes you speak to one first and then the other and then the two together, and that's fine. But these wives outright refuse to get any help. And I'm not saying it's, you need to come to see me, but you, you know, it's better to get therapy from somebody that you, um, you know, click with, a therapist that you click with. And oftentimes you can have a conversation. I often speak to people and be like, you know, uh, is this the way, this is how I deal with it. It's largely around education, you know, hearing about issues and, you know, if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. But there are a number of sex therapists, marriage counselors, physicians. There are so many people out there that you can talk to, psychologists that you can talk to about your issues, but it's difficult when only one person comes, so to speak. Uh, so that can be a problem. And, and you have to find out what the issue is. So if you hear about a couple that has separated and he's had an affair, you often think that's why, because of the affair. But why did he have the affair? And, and so you have to dig deeper. There's a, a, a new book out by Esther Perel, and I'm sorry, I forget the name of it, but I will get it. But there was an article about it in the Atlantic Monthly. And she maintains that the happiest of couples cheat. I have to admit, I haven't really seen that. You know, she does sort of go on to say the happiest of couples cheat. They're happy in their home. They're happy in their marriage. They have no financial problems. They get the perfect children. You know, they drive Lincolns now because of Matthew McConaughey's commercials. And and he has single-handedly reduced the demographic driving age of Lincolns. My neighbors bought a Lincoln. I'm like, they bought a Lincoln? (laughs) of Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> anyway, um, I think they did. See, again, I'm sick. I'm in the neighborhood more. I'm noticing things. Um, but anyway, what, what, I digress. Um, so they, you know, you're just one is coming. And so you can't know what's going on. So this other couple, you think, well, that's why they broke up is because he cheated. You know, what a louse. What, a, you know, what a guy. But when you hear the story, you know, the wife actually said, I don't blame him for cheating. And she'd had uh, been sexually assaulted as a child, as a five-year-old child for three years. She was sexually assaulted by a cousin and she was too afraid to tell anybody. And of course, this has impacted her life. And, And, you know, her husband who wants to be with her, you know, uh, but has biological needs and stepped outside of the relationship. He wants his family. He wants, they have three children and 
but the sex waned after the birth of every one of their children and and never got back to what it was. There were some other educational issues and, and cultural issues that came into play there as well. And so you really need to hear the entire story before you can, you know, you really can't help too much. You can help a little bit, but not too much when um, you speak to one. And one of the most important things that um, men get out of this is that they generally come in blaming everybody else. And and the way that I talk and educate about uh, relationships and health and sexual health is that, you know, you really have to take a look at yourself. You have to take a look at your role and how you contributed to the problems in your marriage. But I'm going to get down to that when I come back from the break. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. Thank you so much for being here with me. This show is nothing without you. And, of course, nothing without Matt, the uh, tech producer here, the board op. Thank you. Uh, I just got a message on LinkedIn. I I posted my blog on LinkedIn. And so the guy, you know, like a thousand people have read that blog in 24 hours. (laughs) Anyway, wonder what it's about. But he writes, send some sex tips. So, of course, I can't do that, right? But, you know, it's a reminder to say, I wrote a book, and the book is called Sex and Health. I am going to change Why One Can't Come Without the Other, but I am going to change the title of that on the second run. I have like 20 books left. Uh, It's available on Amazon as well. Little did I even know that it's actually selling on Amazon, (laughs) Um, because I was wondering what this Amazon... Uh, credit on my QuickBooks was, and it was the book. And so you can order the book on amazon.ca, and um, there's lots of tips in there because that book is actually anonymous tales of online dating, pornography, sex addiction, and other common issues in relationships. So that's where, you know, I don't... Can you imagine my sending sex tips across LinkedIn? I mean... (laughs) not going to do that. Ted Cruz might like it, but... I may be blonde, but I wasn't born last night. I was born at night, but not last night. Um, Anyway, anxiety. So we're talking about should you go to couples therapy or not, right? So one thing that may prevent you from going to couples therapy is anxiety, because anxiety has a bad rap. And people are always trying to seek ways to get rid of it through medication, exercise, stress reduction, baths, whatever, MCBT, mindfulness, cognitive behavioral therapy, or um, meditation, yoga, all that. Anyway, it can be extreme and it can be, you know, the source or the carry-on of obsessive compulsive disorders, attention issues, high levels of paranoia. Yes, anxiety can cause you a lot of grief in your life. It can lead to substance use and abuse and um harm your relationships, but also anxiety can be your friend. So I want to tell this little story about um, this uh, situation that occurred the last time I went to the beach (laughs) this summer, which was ages ago. Um, But I, and had absolutely nothing to do like this. This woman had nothing to worry about. Okay. But it just shows you that, you know, how people misinterpret things. So I was, I was sick actually, but I was sort of getting over it and I was just standing in the water and this guy said to me, you know, uh, it's really good once you get in. It's warm once you get in. I said, I know. I swim all the time. I just, I've been sick and I, I just didn't feel like, um, you know, I wasn't sure if I should dive in, if it's going to get me sicker. And he said, well, you know, I've been sick too. And, you know, I actually feel better. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, I'm going to, all right, I'll go in. So I just start swimming and, 
And then the guy says, uh, how far are you going? And I said, well, I typically go out to that third buoy out there, but, you know, I'm I probably, I don't know. And he said, well, if you're going to the third buoy, you know how guys are like, well, if you're going to go to the third buoy, I'm going to go to the third buoy, right? So I'm like, well, well, if you're going to go to the third buoy, I'm gonna, I got a little competitive edge in me too, right? So I'm like, well, all right, well, I'm in, I'll go. So then, you know, he's chatting and, and he, I find out he's American and, you know, I'm American and, you know, Americans have a particular bond, right? So I'm like, so where are you from? He's like, I'm from Nebraska. And I'm like, oh, I'm from Massachusetts. And then, you know, I said, so what do you do up here? And he said, you know, I'm a therapist. And I'm like, oh, cool. You know, I'm, I'm a therapist too. And he's like, I'm like, what kind of therapist are you? And he's like, well, I'm a physiotherapist. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, no, I'm like a different kind of therapist. And he's like, and then he says to me at one point, he said, he turns around or whatever, facing the beach. And he's like, he had like four kids. And he's like, there's my kids. And I've got a set of twins and they're next to my wife. And I'm like, oh, nice, you know, nice family, whatever. Anyway, swimming out to the third buoy swimming back. And, and so then he says, you know, he gets me to tell him what kind of a therapist. So I'm like, well, I deal with patients and sexless marriages mainly and, you know, low sexual desire. And he's like, oh my God. And so then he, the truth comes out or maybe the truth. I'm not really sure if the guy was telling me the truth or not. So he says that he um, was married, has all these kids and, um, but you know, he can't afford a house here and blah, blah. And you know, there's a lot of arguing and, but he's actually separated. He had separated from his wife, but they were back together. But then he said, you know, tell me, I had a girlfriend and, you know, the sex was amazing. And, you know, because my wife and I split up and I and and he said, and my wife was not interested in reconciliation until I got a girlfriend. And I'm like, well, that's just classic human behavior. And so we talked a lot about human behavior, especially around relationships as we're swimming out there. And um, and so then he was like asking all these questions, you know, because guys, you know, how often do you get to swim with a sex expert? I mean, really? <laughs> You've heard of swimming with the sharks, but swimming with the sex expert, that is something different. So anyway, we're swimming back in, and all of a sudden I hear this horn just, this horn, I mean, this is just a tiny little <laughs> beachside community, and this horn just blares. And, you know, I kind of was looked up, and, and they said, oh my gosh, why has my wife packed up all my kids and, and put them in the car? And then she laid on the horn and I just kind of thought, oh, you know, she probably, you know, she got anxiety. <laughs> anyway, so he says, you know what it is? She thinks that I've, you know, I'm, I've picked you up and I'm swimming out. And, you know, and I'm like, you know, tell your wife she's got nothing to worry. Little does she know, I'm actually trying to help you. And, um, you know, and of course, there's nothing for her to worry about. So anyway, swim back in and the guy goes, there's a beach shower and he goes into the shower and the wife comes and she tears a strip off of him. She, the guy was silent. I have to give him, I had to give him credits, he, credit, credit, where credit is due. I mean, he may have lied and he may have been a philanderer and all these other things, but he was trying to save his marriage and he was, she screamed at him. She tore a strip off him like there was no tomorrow. And I sat far away. I just ignored it because I was like sick and I'm like, you know, oh my gosh. And, you know, people were kind of looking and, you know, she stormed off and like snapped a towel as she walked by me. And, and I thought, wow, is, is that a misinterpretation of, uh, of a situation, right? Absolute misinterpretation of a situation. And the kids lost out. It was a hot day. You know, it was so hot. That was why I went down there because it was so hot and the kids had to get packed up and leave and she screams at him you know in front of everybody and so it's that kind of thing that you know it's an emotion it's a warning sign that makes you think uh, that 
that you must take action on something. It's this can be fear driven, but that emotion is triggered by your brain, which then causes your sympathetic nervous system to create tension in your body. And then it has these corresponding thoughts in your mind. And it's, it's this nonspecific trigger that, uh, places you or just places you in this exaggerated state of what is going on and everybody loses and that couple could really have benefited from uh counseling (laughs) not by me (laughs) please go somewhere else um but you know and also you know we we fight in certain ways in our relationship somebody has the power you know in you know the power is shifted back and forth in relationships and um and people hold it for a while and then, you know, give it back. Everything is related to sex except for sex, of course. Sex is about power, Oscar Wilde. And so it's those kinds of things that, you know, prevent us from going to couples therapy. So many reasons you should go, but it's totally up to you. The trust has been broken. And I imagine this woman has lost trust with this guy, I'll have to say. I will say that. Um, if your arguments are getting more frequent, if you're screaming at your husband in the shower <laughs> on a beach, yeah, I think that's a bit of a sign. Your communication is poor or something feels definitely wrong, but you're not sure what it is. There's something you want your partner to know, but you've un- been unable to tell them. So you can tell them in the safe space, in a confidential space of a therapist's office. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.